everybody. Welcome to This Is Not A Safe Space. I'm Nick Beaton, the, the host. Today on the show, we have uh, comedy legend uh, Kenny Robinson is here, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, a bunch of different stuff. Kenny, thanks for coming down, man. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Yeah, it's great to have you here. Um, so I want to talk, obviously, there, there's a ton of shit going on that's worth talking about, but I want to start with something else other than obviously the police shootings and everything in Dallas, just because that's probably going to take up the meat of what we're talking about. But I know you're obviously a big political comedian, watch a lot of news about politics, read a lot of news about Sleep politics. Sleep with CNN on. Yeah, yeah. You know. So, Bernie just endorsed Hillary? Bernie was out of the was out of the ball game about seven gone, innings yeah. ago. So, the bottom line was, uh, he said, okay, if you want my support, I want to know you're going to do some things. So, she went along with the minimum wage. And yeah. So, he did have some influence on, on what the party platform will be. You know, if she does win, hopefully she does. Otherwise, it's Trump and the Republicans and all the garbage they're going to bring. Hey, women will be coming to Canada, not to smoke weed in our places but to get abortions again <laughs> yeah yeah so bernie will probably get a you know get some kind of cabinet position with her or uh of something where he has a little bit of clout you know and yeah. um it's the best that could be made but at least it shows that there is uh there are other options for a more left uh, wing or progressive uh voice to be heard and you know and for the ones that are pouting oh the revolution's not gonna happen this is only beginning kids the only thing i feel bad about for bernie is like there's no chance for him to run again he's way too old this was it this was well, his- when you start trying to when you run at age 96 you <laughs> yeah, aren't yeah. really counting on being a two-term president <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. know because i listened to it on cnn just recently is uh you know his speech mm-hmm. uh, talking you know endorsing her and it really just there was there's just a slight tone in the sound of his voice that was like i know i have to do this like it's just i get it it was like lee surrendering at appomattox you know it's you know or, the, or you know signing at the end of world war ii on the on, on, the, on the independence I mean, things, you know, it, it was Missouri the Independence. Anyway, it was one of those ships. But, you know, it's over, Bernie. Yeah. We, you know, you fought a, you, you fought all the way, Johnny Reb, Johnny Reb. But, yeah. uh, you know, it's uh, ninth inning and the uh, ball game's over. Yeah, so. it's done. It's way done. And yeah. it's, you know, him hanging on even as long as he has now. Like, he could have given up oh. a month ago. Hey, you know what? I give the guy credit for being one of the two people that ran against her. Otherwise, it was an open field. Yeah, yeah. There was nobody. Nobody. And that's what I always find funny about the Republicans versus the Democrats. The Democrats always put up about three people. Two of them have like an actual chance. The Republicans... Well, what didn't used to be that way. I think like during the Carter and the Clinton years, you had oh, some... For you had, sure, like, yeah. You know, you had Gary Hart and he got caught like, you know, having a little bit of side action on his, uh, on his boat. So that knocked him... Uh, out of the race, but they used to have some decent, you know, and I think candidates. The, and the Republicans used to have less. Like they didn't. It, I find it's like in order to run for president of the United States, you probably have to be a pretty decent narcissist, right? Like you have to be pretty. Like I am. I am what's the right choice to run the most powerful country in the world. So I find the Republicans just have more of those people. There's like or perhaps. But I mean, Obama had to be convinced to run. Even at first, he said, "I'm not experienced enough," and they said, "Well, you don't get that great." Well, the gravy's hot, son. You might not get to dip your biscuits in there. So (laughs) he went, okay. But I mean, I myself, you know, I I love Obama and I like what he tried to do and what he was able to succeed in doing where he wasn't uh, stalled. But, you know, he did need uh, some more seasoning. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't going to get shit done like LBJ. You know, Johnson was... Well, no one would have <laughs> let him do it either. Being the first black president, no, no one's going to... His first term was like, it, the fact that he... Well, the entire time, before yeah. he even swore in, you know, you had the right saying, we're going to make sure his, uh, you know, his his, his presidency is a, is a total failure. Yeah. 
Whereas Johnson, you said, you want to get that federal money for that highway you want now? You know, yeah, help me yeah. pass this Negro bill. <laughs> and, and the guy says, well, do I have to have Negroes help build a highway? So, yeah, but you ain't going to have no highway without Negroes. Now you give me that bill and yeah, give me the support now. You, the president needs it. So, yeah. um, you know, he was going in on that way. So Obama just didn't, even though, you know, he may have had a background in Chicago politics, which is always back, you know, backroom deals and under the table uh, slips of envelopes, because that's what politics is supposed to be. Don't give me this crap about, you know, uh, putting all your cards on the table. I- I'm not a big fan of that. I-, I believe the public doesn't need to know everything they want to know. No, and and they're never going to. The people who, like, you know, people are saying, and I, I think Hillary Clinton's probably a, a very uh, a blatant example of, of a two-faced politician. And so oh. is Trump on the other side. Like, what Trump is more of a, he changes changes his own opinions and then doesn't admit that he's changing his own opinion. Well, doesn't admit he even said it the first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, He's just like, no, that didn't happen. And then people go, I guess it didn't happen. Like, it happened, but we can't do anything. It's the liberal it, media making a lie out of our man. Yeah. But, I mean, Hillary's, like, to me, one of the ones where it's like, you can just... And I guess it's because most of what she's done is just come up in this newer age of, like, having being so accountable with videos. And yeah. you know, so you can just go through Hillary and, like, Plus, here's what you said. Here's how you change. I know every politician eventually has to progressively change towards what's happening, you know, especially on the more, Democratic side. Even more so than that. She wants this no matter what. You know, she's like that dog. And, you know, she's like a pit bull with a bone. The yeah. only way you're getting that bone from the pit bull is to shoot it. Yeah. Even faced with the evidence of her husband cheating, she wasn't getting a divorce. No, no. No, because that would screw up her plans of someday being exactly. president. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, so what she, she was did playing was, the long con the whole time. So she then became a governor and could spend all of her time, not a governor, senator, senator, could spend all of her time in New York. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for the, like the last three years of, of Clinton's presidency, it was just him and that damn dog getting on Air Force One all the time. Yeah, he yeah. Was, both of them were in the doghouse. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, she wasn't giving up the title of yeah. first lady because he because he happened to get a little bit of action on the side. Yeah, they don't sleep in the same room, I imagine. <laughs> like, it's well, like maybe just, the Lincoln bedroom only yeah. after all the other ones have been rented out to the donators. <laughs> but, but yeah, because she's... He, he he's obviously on the campaign trail for her because she he's one of her best weapons and it's yeah. and it's like he's doing it she's like you fucking owe me you you like you're there you're gonna do this I put up with all your shit for those years yeah, like, yeah okay I'll, I'll go and help you out Hill just yeah. stop screw just stop bringing up the past. Mm-hmm. You know, and plus, I mean, you know, I mean, Bill's doing everything he wants to do. But I mean, you know, he had a close scare when he had that heart attack and thought he was going to die. Yeah. No, I just eat plant based food. Yeah. So, um, you know, so the fact that he's alive, you know, he's it's probably a, a different cat now. I mean, like, you know, he, he has all his foundations. He's done what he can for AIDS. I mean, if he could have had three or four terms, he'd still be president. You if, know? I think especially if he could have run. In 2000, he definitely would have won against George W. Bush. Oh, and if you, I mean, if you remember how he was after 9-11, he was down at, at ground zero, and he was just, I feel you, yeah, he was just hugging everybody, mm-hmm. and you know, and that, and that, 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 that southern grits with butter voice of his yeah yeah i feel your pain and this you know and just the the he was you know he was a soothing sound you know yeah, and he's so, i you know there's but he's a, a vicious bastard uh, yes yeah i yeah. mean there's I mean, a lot of complaints about him and even within his presidency and stuff oh. like that but i i still he's just too smart of a guy to not listen to well, that's what they call him lo- slick yeah 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 like every interview you see with him anytime i've seen him in a debate it's just like the, the person he's like i've seen him on fox news try to have a debate like the guy trying to like you know with these gotcha things and he's just he just dismantles this yeah. guy and he's just too smart uh and i think he honestly was 
arguably one of the best presidents yeah. they ever Clinton had. Clinton on, on Fox is like the vintage Yankees doing a Sunday doubleheader in Cleveland. Yeah. It's not going to be any problem. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. It's just, just a matter of covering the point spread. <laughs> but I mean, you know, even when he was the governor of Arkansas, reason why we had hepatitis uh, C the way we have here is because he sell us, uh, he sold uh, the Canadian Red Cross uh, all this tainted plasma that he uh, collected from the jailbirds. Jesus. Yeah, I he, did not know that. Said, we'll give you all $11 a pound of your plasma. And they had all these Pepsi jailbirds selling their blood, and, and then he cut the deal with Canadian Red Cross. Wow. Capitalism. <laughs> he, he was good for Arkansas, but he poisoned, you know, who knows how many Canadians have died or had their health, you know, wrecked yeah. on that. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. Google it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's darker than even, I think, some of the things we're going to talk about after this. That's insanely, like, super villain evil. Um, well, I didn't know it was poison. We wouldn't have sold you bad blood. <laughs> so what? And now, what do I obviously want to talk about? And, and sort of the, uh, almost the theme of this podcast is to talk about it from a social media point of view how mm-hmm. how the world deals with these things via you know twitter and facebook and stuff so obviously uh last week there was the two shootings one in mississippi one in uh, uh it was actually baton rouge and the other one's in baton minnesota rouge, minnesota sorry yeah. minnesota yeah yeah prince dies and the whole place goes to <laughs> the hell whole huh? place goes to <laughs> and ali uh it was uh it's been a rough it's been a rough year so far i couldn't bring myself to watch the videos. I can't watch stuff like that, but I obviously read about them, uh, know what the details of they what they were just by reading about them. So what do you think about this in this day and age where everything becomes viral that quickly? You know, like something happens, there's always a camera there now to catch it. And Well, the sad thing is, I thought, because I was naive, I thought after the Rodney King beating that cops would slow their roll. Yeah. Instead, they're just, uh, instead there's just more cameras rolling. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but it, it What's insane about it is after uh, uh, Rodney King, which is so many years ago, and obviously the verdict that just didn't convict the people. Hey, when you see a man beaten like that and then they still walk, I'm sorry. You got the fuck shit up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Exactly. And And I'm I'm sorry, Mr. Korean man. I know you and your family work 17 hours a day (laughs) to keep this store, but I'm burning this shit. So y'all just step aside while I get this case of Pepsi first. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing is like they're just seen like there's evidence that you see the crime take place. But you don't always know what happened before the camera came on. I know. Oh, but I, I mean, exactly, right? I find the people, you know, uh, I have to get a day job or something because I spend way too much time on Facebook, you know, so I fight with about, you know, 35, you know, right-wing types a day on that kind of crap. You yeah, know? yeah. So. Well, I mean, even if before the camera rolled on Alton Sterling, if he was actually physically shooting at them, but then they incapacitated him to the ground, there's no point in shooting him while he's on the but ground. But he hadn't been shooting at him. And no, his and gun, I know he wasn't. And his gun was in his back pocket. I know, and that's and that's what I'm even saying. You'd like It's not even that extreme, but once you get somebody to the ground, or somebody's on the ground, and then you shoot them, well, like, there there's was just that one no... Cop that, that, there was that one cop who was a volunteer officer, and the guy said, I can't breathe, and he said, fuck your breathing, and he shot him, and then because he was old, his family... Uh, and him were allowed to go to uh, go to the Bahamas on vacation for two weeks that they had planned already mm-hmm. ahead of time. But it goes back to like uh, I think they made a movie about it in uh, in Oakland on Bart on mm-hmm. New Year's Eve. There was a guy and a, a guy thought he was using his stun gun and he pulled out his real gun. I guess because the, the the real gun didn't have the orange tip on it. And he, you know he had the hand, guy handcuffed and he shot him with that. You yeah, know. Yeah. So if the man in Baton Rouge wasn't reaching for his gun, he should have been. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, but when they tackle, when they tackle fuckers now, nine, you know, my attitude is nine times out of ten, if they tackle you, they're shooting you because that's what the, that's what all the tape shows now. Yeah, yeah, it, exactly. It's always these, it's, it's never, the tape is never like this thing where the, I don't understand the argument that most cops have after it happens. I understand. They the, feared for their uh, life? Uh, yeah, yeah. I understand the bureaucracy of mm-hmm. the situation. I understand their Well, they do the fear corruption. for their lives, but I mean, but, yes, you know, but, but I mean, thing is, but now I also read an article yesterday where there's a, uh, police want to have permission to use steroids so they can be better built to beat these guys down because he says we need an advantage. Yeah. Well, I mean, they could train them in varying martial arts. I, I'm sure, you know, the things to incapacitate people that way. But the thing is, is in the video, they're never... It's there's never like this crazy back and forth gun battle where then the person was shot and died and you go, okay, well, they were all exchanging shots. It's always somebody on the ground, somebody running away. Yeah. And it's like, why is your first choice to take out the deadly like I understand if somebody has a gun and they're coming at you or they're pointing it or in an aggressive stance, you can't take a chance. You have to shoot that person. It's nothing like those Jimmy Cagney movies when they shot it out with the police. That and, never happened. Gotcha, copper. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, we're going to take care of you. You know, so it's it's it, it very seldom is it that. Nor when they say they had a, you know, they, they had to take him down. It's never Jim Black Belt Kelly, you know, <laughs> doing roundhouse kicks or something. You know, it's it's always like, I can't breathe. You know, like when, yeah, they, yeah. when they choked Errol Gardner to, you know, to, to death, you know, in, in, in New York with the choke rope. I think it breaks down the better training. Yeah. You know, and also maybe you don't hire guys that just got out of, you know, high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and or maybe you lock deep. them in a in a room. Maybe you you know maybe you give them you, you, the first day of the academy. You give them toilet breaks, and you have a hidden camera. And you have you leave a felt pen, a, you leave a sharpie in a bathroom, and you just have like one nigger joke written on the wall. <laughs> and if he goes to write the tagline, <laughs> then you can't be no police. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, well, that's I. Yeah, I, it's tra- better training, obviously, and also better psychological research into people. Like being a police officer has got to be one of the highest stress jobs, depending on what neighborhood you're policing, where you are, and stuff like that. But it's definitely a stressful job. How do these people react to stress if they're like you see? Them. Well, you heard the guy in Minnesota. I told him that they reached for his ID. They asked them for, you know. So yeah, it's uh, it's bad. Even in Mayberry now, the cops are uh, are on lockdown. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so it's, it's Minnesota of all places, right? Yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, and this is a, an article you actually posted. Uh, I read the uh, the the body camera footage in Louisiana. They're uh, going to make it not public record. Yeah. Yeah. You can only have access to it if you were either in the video or there's audio of you, audio of you in the video. Right. Then you still have to go to court to be able right. to access now, it. If you're dead, your cousin cannot request yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like like the people who need the fucking footage are dead. <laughs> like, you know. I don't know how they passed that. But it's Louisiana. It's Louisiana, I think, is how they passed it. You and, know, then, you know, not every state is obviously going to pass that, which is another thing about the states where they have this state-by-state state shit that they well, do. That's, that's what, they, so, that's what they say the Civil, the Civil War is all about, was about states' rights. Yeah, yeah, exactly. These, you know? these states' rights that, that you know, like, they, they, how can you go from one, I, like, you know, obviously, we're Canada, different, there's different laws provincially but they're very they're not felony related laws they're like you can be 18 to drink in manitoba but 19 in alberta or 14 to get a driver's license in like saskatchewan because you need to drive the tractor or some shit like that at 11 in newfoundland things (laughs) like that you know but but, you know nothing that you know where civil liberties and and you know the the charter you know it is different or challenged i mean it's like they don't even care how transparent it is to be louisiana 
where this just fucking happened, and they're like... But it isn't just happening. It's been happening. Oh, of course, of I course. I mean, like, you know, they'll never know how... I mean, there's oh, there's charges or accusations. There's, like, a bunch of rogue cops during Katrina mm-hmm. that were just, like, you know, any blacks that were crossing this bridge, blam, throw them over, blam, just stop them from getting into the, the gated communities of, uh, right. of the plantation owners on the other side of the bridge. Yeah. So, I mean, that's another thing that they've, you know, been investigating or accusations or suspicions of. So, I mean, Louisiana's always had that kind of flavor of corruption about it. I guess, yeah. It's obviously, it's not new. It's just the timing for this at this point in time yeah. is is just even worse, it seems. Well, if, if it was once, twice, three times, you would have had that asshole in Dallas murder the five cops. Yeah. Even though nobody's mentioning that he was kicked out of the military for sexual harassment, so he's probably an asshole to begin with. Yes, yeah. I, mean, know, I mean, anybody so, I think who probably... Uh, I mean, he's not would, Nat Turner. ...would take a gun and, and you know, try to kill people is probably an asshole on some level, especially cops <laughs> that do it. Yeah. That, and that's the other thing. That's got to be a thing I can only imagine for the uh, the Black Lives Matter movement that when this happened in Dallas... They well, just they gotta, were in the line of fire. Yeah, exactly. And they, they got to just be like, fuck, this is going to hurt our cause, and it doesn't need to, and we oh. don't need this shit happening, Plus, right? And the the protests had been relatively friendly. There were cops taking selfies with some of the protesters. Yeah. So it's it's not like now. I mean, there, one cop got uh, uh, in Minneapolis. Somebody threw a big chunk of cement over one uh, a, a walkway or a bridge, and you know, t- hit on top of the head, and like you know, smashed some vertebrates or something. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, and they're arresting people because now it's starting to get more violent. Well, now it's and, getting violent. And yeah. civil disobedience. I mean, they just had this thing down in Baton Rouge where they arrested three out of four guys that had broken into pawn shops to steal guns and ammunition. Mm-hmm. and they were going to take out cops. Yeah. Uh, there was another guy that was arrested because he went and shot up uh, a police car and his home. Yeah. You know, so you have to say, well, definitely these guys are crazy. You know, it's like when, you know, when I first heard about this shooting in Dallas, you know, and they said that it sounded like there was more than one guy. And that's the reason why that was because uh, the bullets, because of all the cement buildings, the bullets were ricocheting from building to building to building. Ding, 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 ding. So it sounded like there were more gunshots coming. Plus, I mean, this guy had, you know, I mean, he was... He used Black Lives Matter as bait. Yeah. Because, you know, the the rally just started. He didn't know if a week ago that was going to be there. No. but Because they were protesting the two He was deaths. an opportunist. He, he said, this time is right for a violent revolution. So, you know, but he was driving ahead of the parade and everything. So it looked like there were more than one sniper. Um, but at first I said, gee, is this the new Black Panthers finally doing something more than talking and making threats? Yeah. And turns out, uh, no, it, it wasn't. Just, just a, another lunatic. Just, a just another deranged guy. Yeah. Because I watch too much Fox News. I watch it for entertainment and i like to be angry you know so i end up watching a bunch of fox news you get angry watching fox not anymore but like it's it's more i I don't know it's more like watching the world burn when you watch fox right like they're not i find fox news i don't get it heaven and what i found fox news very comforting you find it comforting because they're like their morning show they always kind of talk to you like they were their Sunday school teachers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and everything they told you was the gospel. Mm-hmm. You know? And they're very silly people in most most circumstances. So most of the time you don't... But I, I, I you find... You know why the blacks are so angry? Because they all were born with tails. <laughs> and then everybody listening, that's why they're mad, because they're just mad that they got tails and we don't. <laughs> so, and and the way they, you know, they, they explain it to you like you're in kindergarten or like they are your, your Sunday school teachers. So you accept yeah. their God 
gospel. You think it's true? They wouldn't lie to me. And it's very, you know, it's very comforting. Whereas in CNN, you got Cuomo's kid. Well, not Cuomo's kid. Yeah, he, he is a Cuomo. You know, uh, Christopher. And he's like, bang, 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 bang. And you say, man, this fucker could have been a, a district attorney when yeah, he could yeah. ask those questions. You yeah, know? there's definitely the, the bar for the journalists they hire in other places are yeah. higher than Fox. You know, it's, but I think, I don't think it's, it's not that I get angry. I just, the, uh, the agenda is so clear on Fox, which sure. is also kind of good in a lot of ways. You know where they stand. You know what you're getting when you watch it. But like, the Black Lives Matter movement is not possible popular on fox they don't bring it up to talk blacks aren't popular yeah, on fox. i know exactly so they don't bring it up to talk about anything good about it and then when the dallas shooting happens they're just like see this is black lives matter and or, you know i mean you know they 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 reviewed the movie 12 years a slave was that's all you know so <laughs> so well sure because the shooting uh, shooting and killing white policemen is the nightmare of the is is the fantasy of their sick twisted dreams so yeah. so it just a Justifies having an AR-15 in your house, and it justifies having your your shoulder holster underneath your overalls. Yeah, where, where do you stand on gun control in America? Obviously, we're Canada; it's so much different. And it's, I'd like know. to have a piece. Yeah, but then I shouldn't. You know, there's I mean, there's a reason why idiots like me shouldn't have guns. <laughs> Perfect example. Um, I was walking by. I don't go to any of the bars uh, in my neighborhood just because none of them play. The bands don't play the music I like. And, you know, and I go to another place and, you know, there's all these alpha males that are the worst jerk offs around. Mm -hmm. So um, I forget. I was. I think I might say, well, let's go out for a beer. So I, I leave one place. Go, well, we're not going in there. So this guy and his girl leaves and... Uh, She's yelling at him, I told you to watch my purse. You left my fucking purse. So she runs in to get her purse. So as they're arguing, I walk behind them as opposed to walk in between them. Mm -hmm. And uh, he says, that's right, you fucking loser. And I, you know, I just said, what? I wanted to turn and say, I ain't the loser that forgot his woman's purse in the bar, you yeah, know? Yeah. But then I, but I could see he was all pumped up for a fight. Mm. And, you know, maybe I grew up watching too many movies, but I just wish I had, you know, could have just opened up my jacket, just patted that hand. Yeah, yeah. And went, yeah, you really want some of this, Slim? You know, but I mean, even like when I carry my walking stick at night, I don't, you know, I, I carry a, a heavy handled walking stick, not because I need it. But uh, I'm out of shape and I'm almost 60. So uh, I know if I just tap somebody in the chin, I'm going to break it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so some guys were uh, were talking shit about me in a bar. And I said, man, I haven't had the first sip of this beer and I'm already having trouble. So I was already making out. I already decided who I was going to, which one of the two guys I was going to hit first, where I was going to hit them, what yeah. I was going to do with the second one. And I knew I was going straight out the back door. Yeah. And I said, ain't this a bitch? I said, you can't even go out, uh, have a beer before you're organizing, before you're plotting your uh, your assault on somebody <laughs> yeah. and your escape route. Yeah. And I said, you just need to stay home, dude. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I've never shot a gun. I don't really care too much to own oh. a gun necessarily, but I also don't. Uh, every time something happens with guns, people just go, see, we got to get rid of all guns. And I don't think it's no, ever that I don't, clear. I don't like, I, I believe, uh, I believe the right to be able to protect yourself, defend yourself. I almost killed my kid brother with a gun. I'll tell that story in a second, but, um, you know, but then again, you know, I'm not, I'm not cool with these ARs. I'm not cool with all these, you know, 30 plus clips. Yeah. Perfect example of how tragedies happen with guns. My mom had, we were living in Chicago, and my mom had a friend that worked for a law firm that she worked for. 
and her husband was in a hospital. And the the husband and, and my mom's friend, both Texas people, mm-hmm. referred to the house as the ranch. It wasn't a ranch. We said, y'all come out to the ranch this weekend. So because she was in a neighborhood that uh, anything could happen, there was this big, you know, Colt 45 sitting on the on the table. And I'm like maybe 12 years old. So, you know, they're in the kitchen talking, having coffee. And I see on the dining room table, I see this gun. And my first response was to pick up that gun and say, hey, Scott, bang, you're dead. You know, and then as I reached, I started to reach for it. I said, no, stupid, that's a real gun. And And I, and, you know, and it's one of those things that to this day, you know, 50 years, 45 years later, I still cringe when I think about how just in a split second. Yeah. And then when I, when I was in grade five, uh, uh, a girl that I went to school with, uh, she was playing at another uh, friend of mine's house. And the brother uh, got hold of the mother's gun and was playing with it and wound up shooting this little girl in the head. Mm-hmm. Uh, my kid brother was shot twice by the guy that lived next door to him in Chicago. His friend, uh, he survived the shooting. He died from alcohol. His friend, who's a Chicago cop, has been shot like three times Jesus. while in the line of duty. He's great. Uh, Jesse uh, Torales, he, uh, he turned down a chance to uh, be on the, um, on the uh, section that protected Obama's house. Because I said, why wouldn't you want to do that, man? He goes, oh, man, because because you you know you, you can't sit in your car. You got to be outside your car in the rain and the snow. And he's in Washington, but you still got to be outside. <laughs> yeah, in the bad weather. And he said, he said no, I didn't want that. I, he said, I didn't want that 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 gig. Yeah. So I mean, you know, uh, I've had two friends stabbed to death, three friends stabbed to death. So I mean, you know, there's been a lot of tragedy and death and violence. Some of it in Canada, some of it uh, uh, stateside. I still believe, though, that, you know, that uh, responsible gun owners should be, you know, but I believe there should be tests and 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 uh, well, and, and checks. Uh, I had another friend. Uh, he's he's gone now. He died of an overdose of heroin. Uh, he was a Vietnam vet, and he used to taunt me. He said, you don't have a gun living up there with all them Canucks. He said, you ain't a man if you ain't got tools. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, I ain't even got pliers, man. <laughs> you know? And he kept, uh, he showed me the gun that he was going to uh, sneak across the border for me someday. He said, when I get this across, I'm going to gift it to you because you need to have one. And I'm like, no, I don't. But yeah. I mean, uh, one night I was out with him and somebody recognized him and he thought it was somebody that he had ripped off uh, on drugs and he was working as a waiter at the time. And he pulled out his uh, bottle opener and he had the the blade part that you cut the outside of the wine bottle up. Mm-hmm. He had the corkscrew between his fingers, and then he had something else ready. So he was ready to to drill, cut, stab, slash. And yeah, he yeah. kept this behind his back, saying, "Yeah, I'm Tommy Cox." Yeah. And then he goes, "You don't remember me?" He goes, "Oh man!" He goes, "Kenny, this is so and so. He's my brother Butchie in Vietnam's buddy." So I'm going, "Man, I could have had like one of those uh, Norman Mailer moments, yeah. where you know, next one you're, you're you're just having just finished a Grand Slam breakfast at three in the morning with a guy that's I thought he was a comedian, but he was a very very amusing and funny junkie, is what he was. <laughs> I thought he was a comic <laughs> with a drug great. problem, just an amusing junkie. Yeah, I thought he's a comic with a drug it's problem. It's so easy to make that mistake. Well, because he, he cracked me up, yeah, you yeah. know. <laughs> We're in a bar drinking one night, and uh, the band's playing Desperado. And he said, "Man, first time I ever heard that song, I'd throw a grenade into a hut full of, of women and children that day." And when Jesus says, "Who else has these memories? These memories of this song?" You oh, yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, that's uh, that's America, you know. But he always wanted to, like, you know, try and sneak me up a, uh, a piece, uh, a chunk to have up here, you know. So. Jesus. I'm glad I don't have it. Yeah, I don't. As I say, I don't have a desire to own a gun, but I uh, I 
Sam Harris is this guy. He uh, I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's he's he, like he's an atheist and he uh, also a neuroscientist. But he also he talks a lot about social issues. He wrote, I keep thinking of the guy from Star Search that became a politician. Oh no, it's uh, it's uh, I don't I yeah he wrote. Um, What's the fuck? I can't remember the name of his book. Anyway, he does a podcast called The Waking Up Podcast. Okay. And he wrote an article called The Riddle of the Gun. And it's it's probably the most central, like, centrist view of gun ownership. He's like, nobody on the right agrees with me. Nobody on the left agrees with me. Because everybody right. on the left says, get rid of all the guns. Everybody on the right says, no, we should be able to have whatever we want and do whatever we want. Mm-hmm. And he's like... The way gun owners, I think, like, I think it should be as hard to own a gun as it should be to get a pilot's license. Like, I think. Oh, you, no. How are you going to protect your family then if you got to go through all that? <laughs> well, just hours and hours of training and, like, you know, it, it's, you know, it would be, I guess, with the way everything happens. Well, is, with some gun owners, they've had hours and hours of training. Started when they were little and their daddy or their uncle took them hunting. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure know? there's some practical training, yeah. but I, and I, to be honest, I don't know enough about what it entails you know to own a gun. Any kind of gun you like to have? I think I think guns are cool. Like I've always watched action movies, so I think they're just cool looking. Like, I'd rather things. okay. I'll say I'll go on record saying this. I'd rather just have a gun so I could pistol up someone <laughs> as opposed to actually shoot someone. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, when I was taking acting classes in Chicago, there was a cat named Cephas Booker, and he said, uh, "You know, come hang out with me uh, Friday night." So I went out with him, I went out to him, and he's way south side hood. And uh, he went to a friend of his house. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we're drinking. And he had his basement door open. There's a staircase to the basement. And he just had like a little Derringer on the arm of his big chair. Mm-hmm. And I go, okay, some nigga come down here. So, you know, <laughs> I'm going, well, I guess if some nigga come down here, you'd probably need a Derringer. Yeah, yeah. You know, so. And I always thought, like, was it a big gun? Yeah, Derringer's are really low caliber, small guns, right? It'll stop you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll 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 change your plans if you have any plans of uh, of evil. Yeah, you know. And it was a, he had a, a two shot one, you know. And so I said, "Shit, man, they're just kind of cool." Mm-hmm. You know, it's not good if you shoot with another drug dealer over cars and stuff. Yeah, but just if you know, if, if you're being challenged by some rogues uh, while going out for a midnight stroll, it'd be kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, you know. But hey, I mean, you know, it's like I said, I've had two relatives stabbed to death, friends, relatives. Uh, over the years, I found out that my dad had uh, had knifed two guys on the corner portage in Maine for attacking him and a woman he was with. He beat the charges in court. But in those days, the thing was, uh, as uh, as one of his friends told me, was uh, the guys with the old time cats would slice you on your ass cheek. If you're cool, you slit them on the ass cheek. So if he sat down... He couldn't lay on his back or sit down, or the stitches would open up. Uh, so you ink, you didn't take his life. You weren't looking at murder charges. Yeah, you're just looking to make him have a shitty few weeks. Even months. Yeah, yeah. But even in the courtroom, he's not even sitting down while you're being cross-examined. He's standing up, because if he sits down, he's going to ruin his suit again, you know? <laughs> yeah, so, my, uh, my dad was actually uh, shot in a, in a hunting accident, which is pretty much how white people get shot, right? That's well, <laughs> that and the ones that want to overthrow the, the government because their they're Zionist ran. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, here's something did he, that... Did he survive? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. He got... He has still, like, a hole in his back. It was, like, kind of close range. It wasn't a high-caliber rifle or anything like that. They were, like, 16 when they were out. Oh, jeez. And... Uh, he ended up being fine. It was like one of those things, like an inch this way. It could have been an inch, you know, and like, mm-hmm. you know, some bad, more bad shit could have happened. But uh, it's actually how he met my mom. And uh, she's a nurse. Uh, no, she was. So she was. He probably would have met her anyway because he was friends with her brother. But she came to the hospital with her brother to visit him. Was and it then, her brother that shot him? 
No, it was somebody else. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. Who I actually later on in years when I was like a teenager started hanging out with this guy and then uh, he came up to me and is like, hey man, I have a cool uh, connection that we have. My dad <laughs> shot your dad. So I just randomly met this guy that was like the friend of my dad who, Did you who shot him. No, <laughs> we, we were just like, <laughs> you know, like, this is crazy. Yeah, I, I imagine it was like, oh great, I've been looking for you. <laughs> like, Will your dad shoot him again? Because he's a real prick, my father. <laughs> Also want to talk about this in uh, regards to the Black Lives Matter movement, mm-hmm. and uh, it's something I again mainly see on Fox News, but I've also seen. Did they cover how Black Lives Matter stopped the gay pride parade here? No, I did. I don't think that really picked up a lot of international news that I saw anyway. I mean, I'm sure some, but it was it was definitely big all over Toronto. Yeah, uh, and we'll get to that. I did. That was the next thing I want to talk about. But there's there's just one quick thing, uh, which is probably not quick, but. Uh, so every time, and I see it on Facebook as well, people make posts or people share these gotcha articles, mm-hmm. is what I call them, when they're like, see, Black Lives Matter isn't great, here's the things that they do. So one of the cr- critiques of Black Lives Matter is that th- the main movement they're fighting for is they're trying to fight against police officers killing yeah. unarmed black men. Yeah. But what they don't deal with is black on black crime, which yes. is the real way that I laugh at that. I know. But it's, there's different groups dealing with that, but they don't get the media like uh, Spider Jones, you know, our own Spider Jones here in Toronto. He was with part of a, a, a march last weekend with uh, to stop the, the, the crime. And I think might have been uh, Jane Finch or somewhere over in that area. And they uh, they only had maybe about 200 people marching, which should have been 2,000, should have been 20,000. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe you need another shooting like they had in Scarborough a couple of years where there's like five, six, seven, twelve people. But the reason they don't come out is because they're scared. But the reason why, you know, people, well, why, why don't they start in their own neighborhood? Well, it's because... And I saw a meme like this after I'd already broke it down to Frosty, how I tried to explain it to people, but then somebody put it, you know, on, on a meme form, and I went, fuck, now I'll be accused of stealing it if I do it on stage. <laughs> but if Willie shoot Leroy, Willie is going to go to jail. The police, you know, eventually, you know, they will catch Willie, or they'll, they'll round up, they'll round up nine of his cousins, and eventually somebody will rat Willie out. Uh, you know, or they'll catch Willie doing something else, but Willie then will go to a privately owned prison and spend the rest of his life. Yeah, yeah. So you know, so it's not about the crime, the 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 crime on crime, because the police take care of that. It's to answer the lack of credibility for when the cops shoot a, a nine year old kid playing with a, with, you know, with a toy gun, but he shouldn't have pointed it at the cops. Well, no, maybe he shouldn't, but did he did he point it, or are you just saying he pointed it? Yeah, yeah. And also, a nine year old kid doesn't know. Like doesn't understand the ramifications of what that well, even the, means, right? As my buddy that wanted to bring me a co- uh, a gun said, a nine year old uh, a black is like a, is is equivalent to a twenty year old white dude when it comes to life experiences and living. Yeah, and uh, actually, because I, I was doing a, a comedy show in Chicago, and one of the uh, one of the promoters uh, or producers of it was uh, was a lawyer out of Detroit, and I was saying, you know, I think you got to get a kid before he's fifteen before he starts to go bad, and he says, Nah, man, five. He says, because by the time the five, they've already basically seen what it is. Mm-hmm. If mama's selling some weed out of the house, then they get to go here and there and they get this. If she ain't selling some weed out of the house, she just got that check coming in and things are scarce. Mm-hmm. So by five, he sees the difference between having and not having. And then, you know, and he goes, and a man with no hope, you know, uh, used to be a child with no hope. That's why they have so many people with that, you know, I don't give a fuck, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll die here or I'll live this way or I'll take him out because he don't matter either. I don't matter. If I go to jail, then that's just what I do. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, it's about a, a lack of hope and, uh, 
and what have you. So, well, and yeah. opportunities. So, yeah, the opportunities aren't there. The the trying to keep people in shit neighborhoods in shit circumstances well, the and then the only thing do they, it. yeah i mean like i remember in the 60s you know living in chicago my dad would have a, a friend that he worked at the slaughterhouse and then he had another part-time job somewhere else and then he might even had a third gig somewhere else so he was always going out there making that money right mm-hmm. but there were factories there were slaughterhouses there were there was industry there yeah. were gigs there, there were was jobs. things that paid some you know like no no like sometimes good decent union money that's yeah. why you seen him with a sharp suit and a cadillac that was all that shit was about if he weren't into the rackets they were still about looking sharp and getting ahead and you know they could always there's a saying you could always tell how well GM was doing by the amount of cadillacs in the employees parking Lot. Yeah, yeah. You know, I get that overtime, baby. We're going to get that apple green one, you know. So there was a lot of that happening back then. So, I mean, anyway, getting back to the, the black on black crime. But, you know, t- this is about the unanswered. And, um, you know, I mean, for example, like when, when Trayvon Martin got killed, you know, never mind how they left him in the street. For, the fact they had to even charge Zimmerman. Yeah. And there wasn't, you know, they had to have all this shit to even have a trial. Okay, he beat it. You know, the grand jury or whatever it was still. But they even had to raise that shit for him to be questioned. Yeah. You know, and that's the part that if you see that and again and again and again and again and again, and then you start to say, you know what? Not all lives matter. Matter of fact, motherfucker, your life don't matter to me because mine doesn't matter to you. So they got to say black lives matter. Yeah. You know, and I mean, th- this nutcase that shot up the thing in Dallas, I guess he's just seen it two more times than he needed to see. Yeah. And but that, that's but I mean, not every interaction with the police ends up in someone dying but if constantly you view the police department as an occupying force in your community i mean i've got friends that they'll sit there and they'll tell me that originally in north america the the police departments were basically set up to uh to uh retrieve slaves yeah you know and and i can go well i don't know about that and then he'll go the bounty hunters were what they could go anywhere they had uh they could grab any runaway black with impunity by law so is that not a you know i'm going shit man y'all more militant than me you Mm -hmm. know and i'm not even militant i'm just trying to say like get your throat off uh, get your throat off my you get your knee off my throat yeah yeah and they say well then you stop squiggling i say i can't stop squiggling when you're kneeling on my throat (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) well you're resisting i'm squiggling to breathe i'm resisting your knee on my throat well you keep moving we're gonna have to shoot you and that's what happened to that cat in uh baton rouge as far as i can make of it yeah you know it's hard to go completely limp and just okay just put the cuffs on me when they're you know using that level of force yeah so these you you mentioned it there the the all lives matter uh bullshit that's uh come out Mm -hmm. and this is all again social media related i i've had progressive thoughts through when i I remember when i originally heard of black lives matter and somebody said all lives matter was like yeah that makes sense all lives matter but you just as you go through it and as this continually the systematic murder that's happening yeah to not look at that and go all lives matter but these they're saying that these don't that's why they're saying black lives matter and and obviously the best way that it's been explained is like would it make would it make it fucking easier for you if we just put two at the end like black lives matter because that's all we're saying or or they say when they say same that save the rainforest we ain't saying fuck the other rainforest yeah yeah, the other forces yeah just the rainforest yeah 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 you know i saw another one that my my daughter shook her head at it was jesus that said uh and bless it be the poor and then somebody say 
what about blessed all the people? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like, yeah. There's a lot of good examples too. of just like, I, like I, there's so many different versions I've seen of people basically putting it in their, putting the whole all lives matter versus yeah. black lives matter in its place. Like, it's just people like, this is how you sound when you say all lives matter. Because yep. it's not, you well, don't believe it. You don't believe that all lives matter. Because most of the people who say all lives matter. And they only had all lives matter after black lives matter. Yeah. So if all lives matter, why didn't you say that shit ahead of time to mm. tell the police? Yeah, yeah. It could if, if white folks said, stop killing black people, don't you know that all lives matter? Yeah. Their lives are important too. Then there wouldn't have been a black lives matter. Yeah. You know, but um, I've been I've been reading some very militant people on Facebook and I can't agree with the majority, but there are things I'm starting to pick up one guy said uh, do not even allow white folks to discuss race with you mm-hmm. have no conversation because their conversation is not about ending it or settling it or trying to find a happy medium their their point of view is to shut your complaint down so why even discuss it yeah so it's almost i'm at the point where i'm not even gonna bother say you know all lives matter and then I just go, well, your life don't matter to me, and I block you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? uh, yeah, I think uh, I think everybody, I think, has been guilty of it. I've definitely been guilty of, of it in, in certain conversations where instead of necessarily listening to the person and their perspective, I try to, like, have it be a, more of a mm-hmm. conversation or debate. And then I've just, I've recently realized that, it, especially, and I think the Black Lives Matter movement kind of, there was, like, a light that went off in my head. It was like, you just need to listen. You, you know, like, I, I don't need, yeah. I have no perspective to add to this whole thing like i can't there's nothing well, i can say about it that sometimes you need to get you need to get slapped in the mouth with a with a gun with a rubber hose just so you can see a perfect example after the gameshi trial a lot of women were up in arms mm-hmm. and you know and i i had written on there well I've taught my daughters that if some guy is very abusive and, and this on a first date, you you don't call him up a week later and jack him off. Yeah, yeah. And then they all went nuts on me. Of course, me. yeah, yeah. And I'm going, well, where am I wrong on this? Where am I wrong? You're blaming the victim. Yeah. Well, but you know what? Sometimes don't be a victim. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I then I jump back and I said, well, you know what, dude? I said, uh, it, I said well, you know, what, what you believe is right is right. And I said, but these women don't want to hear shit you got to say. Mm -hmm. And I said, so, you know, and you're never going to make it funny. You're never going to work in an audience with it. Because I was trying to make that angle work in audiences. And I'd have a nice role. I'd do it early in this set and just alienate so many people in the audience with it. But goddamn, I'm going to make this riff work. No, you're not. Some riffs just ain't going to work. And then I remember how furious I was when anybody tried to tell me that Zimmerman was defending himself. And Trayvon, you know, would have beat him to death if he hadn't been shot. And I just thought, like, hey, I ain't talking to anybody who wanted to Ben Zimmerman. Mm-hmm. This kid lost his life. He wasn't the one being fucked with. Yeah, yeah. Why didn't he just comply? Well, who in the fuck is he that he should comply to? He was just walking and yeah. in a neighborhood where this guy didn't think he should belong. Well, and that's he... his daddy's fault for having a white woman that lived in that neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. You know? Oh, now we're going to go into the white women's angle. But, um... <laughs> They kept that secret, but it was an all-white neighborhood. So he was visiting his father, who was with his girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. So if it's an all-white neighborhood, guess who lived there officially? The girlfriend, the white girlfriend. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, I I stopped talking to people over it. Yeah. You know, people I've been friends with for years. I just said, "That ain't your friend, dog." So when I when I, so when I when I compared what happened with with the Gameshi uh, verdict and then with the Trayvon Martin verdict, I just put my hands up. 
and said, hey, y'all, y'all work this shit out. I'm not going to alienate any more people over trying to, you know, say this and say that, you know, yeah. so. But then I've seen things that say, you know, telling black people to smile and put their hands up in the cops tell them like telling a woman not to wear a short skirt to, the, to not get robbed, to not get raped. You know, I grew up that when the cops told you to, to, to stop running, you stopped running. If they told you to drop something, you fucking dropped it. Yeah. Because there was, there was never any question that, you know, you were going to pay more of a price. Mm-hmm. You know, there never was a, uh, yeah, I don't know when brothers started to get so headstrong. Yeah. But I know as a kid, you know, or it's one time I was, I was in a bar and, um, my friend owned the bar and there used to be a lot of off duty cops would drink there. So I'm just, I'm at the bar quietly and the cops were drunk and getting loud. And then my buddy who owns it calls those cops and goes, Hey guys, my friend here, he's a comedian and he thinks all you cops are, are racist pricks. I'm going, Oh shit. So about three of them come around me, you yeah. know, and they're having a drink. Nah, I'm good. Have a drink. I go, oh, police going to make me drink. <laughs> you know, going to make a nigga get loose on the tongue, huh? <laughs> you know, and, and meanwhile, like I was, you know, I was like, I was reading at the, at the bar earlier. I was reading a book called uh, Why Black People Tend to Shout, you know, so <laughs> so the cop looks at the book and right away I'm a suspect. So yeah. they tell me about Sarge here. Sarge is like SWAT team and goes, uh. You know, if Sarge tells you to freeze, you better freeze. And I said, well, fuck Sarge. If Sarge can't catch my fucking fat ass running because I'm smoking a joint and I see y'all walking down the alley doing a beat, I'm running. He goes, he goes, if we tell you freeze, you better go, no, I'm not freezing. I'm going to run. And you're supposed to catch me. You're not supposed to shoot me. You're supposed to catch me. Yeah. And shame on you if you can't catch my fat ass. Yeah. That means you fatter and shouldn't be on the team. <laughs> So they if Sarge say we'll tune you up. That's what's tune up. That's a, that's cop talk for beating your ass. Yeah, yeah. Which they will do if they if you make them run, they will fuck you up a and bit. And I said, well, you better finish me because y'all gonna have some paperwork, <laughs> you know. And so anyway, um, they wound up staggering out of the bar, and I watched them piss in uh, in the front street. Uh, York. It was over in Yorkville. It was right next to the pilot. So I watched them piss in, on the street in front of the pilot. Yeah, yeah. I watched one cop heave. And then they all got in their cars and drove home to Ajax oh, yeah, and, yeah. and Pickering and wherever else they live. Yeah, they don't follow the rules. No, <laughs> man. Well, because they told me, we the biggest gang. He says, not the Satan's choice, not any of these, but we are the biggest gang. Yeah. And I'm saying, um, I don't know if I'm going to come back here again. <laughs> yeah. this, gang, this place is gang affiliated. I mean, I've seen Satan choice members meet there and have drinks too and, and what have you. I used to have this one table that used to always be mine. And the choice was like, go take the one right in the corner, right next to me. And like, I should have moved, but I was going to finish my meal and finish hanging out first. But, you know, that was then. Now, I, the minute I seen choice, I would go, Check, please. You yeah, know, yeah. just get out of there. You don't even need to have a conversation. Yeah. You know, so. Uh, I had a, a gig. I did it for a bunch of cops in Sudbury. Mm-hmm. and uh, But they weren't like big city cops. They're all from like sort of Sudbury surrounding areas and like uh, whatever. Uh, but this is, the, I, I, I had a, a heckler and uh, I was doing, I was like, Deciding before I went there whether I was going to do this joke about uh, smoking weed that I have. And I was mm-hmm. like, fuck it. You know what? These guys, they don't give a shit about that. Like, it's just a, it's a joke. It's Canada. So I talked about, like, smoking weed. Uh, did my joke. And then I heard this guy. He was, like, front one of the front tables. He was like, uh, 
don't worry, we'll uh, we'll pull him over on the way out. And he said it loud enough so that I could hear it. He wasn't like trying to like actually threaten with pulling wasn't me over. You. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was just he was just kind of saying like, haha, you know, we'll pull him over. And I was like, ah, oh, don't. He, he, like I said, oh, you're gonna pull me over. Don't worry, I'm not holding anything. And he was like, you will be. Uh, well, I was cop humor. And then I laughed. I was like, I was like, that's the scariest, funniest, most perfect heckler like I've ever humor. gotten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's. Well, every day I fight with uh, Mark Crocker. Do you know Mark? He has a puppet named Chester. So he's doing corporate gigs. But before Chester was a foul-mouthed bastard of a puppet. Mark is an XOPP. So we fight every day. We Sometimes we just go at it for hours. And then the next day, neither of us post or go to the other one's page because we're just exhausted from yeah. going at it again, you know. And I got to tell him, I don't hate cops. I just hate the ones that don't act right. Mm-hmm. Cause like I have a, I have a, a, a second cousin, second aunt type of thing that she had four boys to become members of the police department. You know, so like, perfect example, like when my, my aunt Lorraine got a, got a ticket, she went in the police station looking for Dougie, uh, Dougie Lloyd, the Lloyd boys. Mm-hmm. And well, Doug's not in right now and goes, well, I need him to fix his ticket. I've known him since he was in diapers. So then Doug comes in the next day and there's diapers on the fucking desk. Cause the cop said, Oh, your aunt was in. So he's going, hey, Jesus Christ, that brought still bringing up my name. <laughs> or another time I was in uh, in Winnipeg, there was this place called the Club Morocco. Back in the 40s and 50s, you had to have a suit, uh, you had to have a jacket and tie to get in. If you didn't have one, they gave you a jacket. By the time I got there in the 70s, 80s, it was where they had a liquor license that went an hour longer than anybody else in Winnipeg. So all the criminals went there. If you had done a score, you went there because there's an extra hour to drink, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so, and you know, violence was, was, was current. So, uh, they used to have a thing called the Goon Squad, which is all the six foot six guys in Winnipeg, and they always had to have them on Friday and Saturday nights. So, there's a big brawl, and I'm trying to get my coat from the coat check and my girlfriend's coat from the coat check. And another one, the Lloyd brothers are coming up, and you know, he's with the Goon Squad, and he goes, What are you doing here? I go, It's Friday night. He goes, <laughs> Get your coat and get out of here. So he nods for the boys to let me and my girlfriend just go down the stairs, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then they had to go in, and then you just hear smash, <laughs> smash, smash. Chairs flying, clubs, heads, motherfucker, pow, pow, stop resisting. And but they didn't go in shooting. They went in going. Well, it's another Friday night at the Club Morocco, you know. So yeah, you just you don't have to shoot, and that's I, I think again it, it comes to two things we were talking about a lack of community L- policing lack of community policing lack of training and lack of psychological understanding of the, the people they're giving guns to you know like to I understand that there's times where I think I don't think people always understand what a what a, is going through a cop's head or what should or like no. you know even no. sometimes people say oh he has a knife you don't have to sh- shoot him you know the amount of ground somebody can cover with a knife is in like in a short distance you gotta be aware of it as a cop I don't think it's as cut and dry as you know take out a stun gun or take out well, the mace yeah, or the something. cop that explained to me they're the biggest gang in town. He was he uh, he demonstrated to me how fast a guy could come at you with a knife. Yeah, if you're not sitting there already ready to end his life, you yeah, know. Yeah. So I went, yeah, okay, I see that point. Yeah, but what yeah. if he's running from you? Then? If he's running away, you know, <laughs> you he's know. not running backwards. Actually, yeah. trying to stab, yeah. stab like that. And you, know? you have like access to be able to call a helicopter to follow him. Like you have a lot of tools at your uh, dis- a lot yeah. of resources at your disposal. So uh, we'll, we'll get we'll get to the end here. There's one one thing I want to talk about that's not necessarily about this stuff, but it could uh, also. So, you know, be involved in it is uh, 
I guess the, the the whole idea of social justice warriors, politically correct culture, comedy, that's, you know, people in, in comedy and outside of comedy saying that it should be more politically correct. Uh, I, uh, I don't peg you as somebody who's politically correct or believes in those those types of things uh, necessarily. But what's what's your take? I, I, I'm not I don't like I don't think it's I'm not crying like chicken little the sky is falling on these issues like uh, that well, that PC is ruining comedy or it is ruined by it but PC forced me to change a lot of my act back in the mid 80s yeah just when they decided that they were gonna end Dice Clay yeah because he was huge they were gonna slaughter Sam Kinison and you know and, and I was of that school of that breed of that tribe and, you know, I was, like, banned from playing certain campuses, and I had my share of walkouts and and battles with, uh, oh, like, one time there's uh, two uh, two lesbian women started to heckle me about whatever I was saying. They didn't like it. So I, I said some terrible things that probably now would have been at the Human Rights Commission. <laughs> and they got up and they walked out. But then there were other people yelling at them going, no, no, comedy is about challenging. Comedy is about this. So then um, after my first marriage ended, I did some uh, reflections, and I'm thinking, okay, you know, you've got a vicious mouth, a vicious wit, you got a good brain. What about some social injustices that you can talk about? So I went and did thing about uh, no means no. You know, so for somebody that was so politically incorrect, I was almost not switched teams because it was a social and political angle, but I was using my chops to say, hey, guys, stop with the harassment. Stop mm. with the this. Also, I was trying to pay for some of my own sins. I was trying to reduce my own uh, atrocities in life. Mm. But now where, you know, every time they can tape you and they you catch you saying something. If the majority of audiences hear what I say at a Nubian show on, on, a, on a regular basis, I'd be out of the business. Yeah. You know, in, in, you know, but uh, I guess with a newbie crowd, they just sit back and they go, damn, that's Kenny. He don't give a fuck. Yeah. You know? Well, and I, and, and the politically correct stuff that more so that I'm talking about is, is almost the narcissistic, uh, way that people sort of view a, view a joke or view something like along those lines and then right. say, well, that bothers me. You know, I'm going to complain about this. I'm going to start. And you can find other people that, that yeah. can join in on it. But it's not even about it's not even if you're making fun of because I, I, I would never defend like a homophobic joke, you know, uh, or a, a racist joke unless it was really fucking funny. But I mean, you but, know what I mean? But it's, the thing is, you can say the slightest thing now and be accused of being racist. Oh, exactly. They just throw these you terms know? out there. Yeah buzzwords yeah um you know but one thing like chris christopherson is probably like the the the, the writer that i go to whenever i'm feeling low and at the beginning of uh, me and bobby mcgee he uh the entry goes if it sounds country that's what it is it's a country song yeah so somebody goes that's a racist joke yeah i just want to go well if it sounds like a racist joke then that's what it is <laughs> i can't shit you know so here's a perfect example of what happened maybe three years ago. i was playing the yuck yucks in uh Oakville, and I was doing this whole thing about terrorism, and we, we went to Syria to get our get our our people out. And how did we have fifty thousand Syrians in Canada? We don't have fifty thousand Canadians mm-hmm. in uh, in Kitchener or whatever town I mentioned. And uh, 
So these two uh, university type girls come up and they said, you're so ignorant. You get all your information from Fox News. I'm going, I do not. Yeah, and yeah. Goes, if you have traveled the world, you'd know things. And oh, I go, I you. just came back from Johannesburg, bitch. You know? and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so two to, fucking <laughs> chicks from Oakville telling me you about you have no world perspective. You know, and they say, have you ever met any people from Syria? You, that you find they're the kindest, gentlest, most outgoing, sweetest people in the world and if you knew anything about islam so you know meanwhile i wish they could see what they could see now look they're cutting their head off these sweet gentle people you mm. keep telling me about this religion so yeah. any, anyway um she says and if you knew anything about islam he said well i know one thing i know if we were in saudi arabia you bitches couldn't talk. i say bitches i say you two couldn't even be allowed to speak to me yeah and they kind of went and I said, and I know that you couldn't even have sat with the men to watch a show. You would have had to listen on the other side of a curtain. And for just this conversation alone, me and my friends could stone you. That's what I know. Yeah, yeah. Don't tell me what I don't know. I know this much. Well, and But that's the fucking thing that bothers me about what's where this, not, not just PC culture, but uh, I, I mean, that's just a, a blanket that I'm putting on it, like the social justice, yeah. where these people who, who have an opinion, they talk like, like, the fucking balls on these chicks to come up to you, these young, like, university-age yeah. chicks, and say to you, you don't know, you don't have perspective on this. Like, yeah. they, they're, o Oakville is the most incubated part of fucking Ontario of, as far as, like, people who don't know what the fuck's going on outside of their area. Well, it got even worse. Yeah. Then I just backed off, and then these two women... The kind of girls who wear high heels with tight jeans, they wind up calling these women cunts and tell them to fuck off. Yeah, yeah. Kyle Rack, he's just standing there going, man, I've never, this is great. You're not even involved anymore and there's going to be a, a cat fight over your act. <laughs> and, and I'm going, all I want to do is make people laugh and think a little bit, you know? Yeah. So, but I mean, people, I don't know, people always think they have the right to go tell a, a comedian what they should say or couldn't say or yeah. shouldn't have said. A hundred years ago, a waitress came up to me in uh, Edmonton and uh, it was after the show, and it was maybe a 60, 40, uh, you know, draw. If I don't get 80, I consider it a loss. So mm -hmm. it was a 60, 40. Okay, I did okay, but, you know, not fabulous. Mm -hmm. And uh, she came up to me after the show, you know, where they're cleaning up, and she goes, my mother didn't like your act, and my sister didn't even like your act, and I don't like your act. So what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to rewrite for you? So I looked at her as... Uh, as, as only the fabulous Kenny Robinson could have said back then. And I said, well, I'm not fucking you, your mama, or your sister, so I don't <laughs> give a shit what you like. And her jaw dropped because she could not believe I would say that, whereas I can't believe you come up and said what you said to me. Yeah, yeah. I didn't come up and ask you, well, you know, me and my friends don't like the way you pick up them glasses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the thing I don't understand. People, like, um, don't get about, like, comedians. Like, when you come up, like, you're allowed to have an opinion on like you're allowed to like us or not like us, you know. Like yeah. that, that's totally laugh or up don't to you. Laugh. Yeah, yeah. Walk but this, out or the, don't. The, you know, the balls to walk up to somebody and say, "I don't like the way you do this." It's just fucking live your life. What's wrong with you? Like, yeah. you know, write a review on your blog post I've or whatever. So many if you fights want over to. that over the years. Not so much now because I, I make myself less uh, accessible to the audience after the show. Yeah, it's just easier to just walk walk. Uh, this is what, one thing that happened to me, and this is why when I talk about PC culture, this is the best example I can give where it's not even even just about like you know sexism or racism or homophobia or something like yeah. that that people are getting sensitive about you're I'm, writing some of the best stuff of anybody these oh, days on that thanks man thank yeah. you uh I, I i was writing but this is a joke about gluten i was i was writing a joke about people with gluten allergy 
allergies mm-hmm. and peanut allergies. And the whole joke is pretty like uh, the the point of the joke is to pretty much say like you know you know we're weak now we we were tough and like we were tough. We used to kill saber tooth tigers with spears. Now we're dying from bread and peanuts. And yeah, yeah. Your kid's too weak for if it can't take peanuts. Shit like that. This girl in the audience had celiac disease or disorder, whatever it's called. She messaged me on my Facebook page just this long email saying like I don't you know I, I that joke you said about gluten I have celiac it's it offended me it hurt me I left in tears like all this shit and like it was you know I don't think you should do this joke anymore and I just and I actually wrote her back and I not, and I was nice I was like look I just want to put this in perspective I'll never do this again <laughs> it was like the first time it ever gotten a complaint email the, I put, I put it out nicely I was like you this is the only joke you have a problem with because it affects you personally you'd have no problem with any other jokes that i told and you don't even have a problem with me the fact that i said people with peanut allergies like well, kids with peanut it was peanut lives matter yeah yeah <laughs> within the same joke you didn't give a fuck so she didn't she didn't get back to me and no. then she, and then she emailed the club and tried to get me fired for the weekend so that they should they should, and obviously you know she talks to the manager and they're like no that's not oh, gonna yeah. happen plus breslin's always been good at defending the worst things i've said <laughs> yeah 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 so i wasn't worried <laughs> i never would worry about that but just the fact that that was the next step like you should stop doing it i'm not going to here's why well f- we got a whole society that thinks because they're offended you should lose your income yeah yeah which i i don't understand i don't this is like i don't get how we got to this point well i I kind of have some ideas some theories he should quit doing his job because he hurt my feelings i would have told that woman have a piece of have a piece of toast and hope you don't shit yourself (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. you know yeah it's it just means you can't eat certain things without shitting yourself okay so obviously you shit your bed a few times don't get mad at me because on stage i didn't shit mine yeah 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 it's just it's they're jokes they're and like people i don't know some people that's why I loved like I didn't like living in the UK that much but one thing I'll say about people from the UK is they can laugh at themselves like they just they like you can just make fun of them I do a joke making fun of they call each other cunts that's how cool they are and I do a joke (laughs) making fun of British like living in England and British people and I do a joke right after about Americans and making fun of you know American policies and the way Mm -hmm. they are and if there's British people in the audience they laugh like call them cunts they enjoy it and then the American people once and everybody's Americans are laughing at that too then once it gets to the American jokes they're like hey fuck you buddy and I'm like, no, no, you can't like see how the British people took it. Learn to take it that way. They that's, know that's like when I was doing the cruise ships, I was working carnival cruise ships for 10 or 11 months. And after the first week, I said, dude, you were basically telling uh, McCain voters that enjoy fart jokes. Yeah, <laughs> you're doing material for them. And guess what? I mean, perfect example. Some of the comics would come up on stage and their introduction would be uh, just came back from entertaining the troops in Afghanistan. <laughs> And then, or a uh, guy would go, uh, is there any, uh, do we have any military people here or any former military? Uh, let's give them a big round of applause. Uh, so they do what they do so we could do what we do. And it's like, Rah! and then from that point with their patriotism, mm-hmm. they can't go wrong. Yeah. Whereas I come from a country where it's like, you went to war? What the, did you kill anybody? You know, and yeah. it's, we don't, we don't wave the flag the same way. Or I, like when I did that show recently in Chicago, a lot of the comics I was working with on uh, um, the black comics, they, uh, there's a whole, uh, uh, Christian comedy scene. So they come out to the audience, they go, God is good. And the audience repeats every day. And I'm going, Back home, my my fellow comics they uh, they mock people that believe in God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They question. The, they call him my invisible friend. <laughs> you know, so it's like my invisible friend is good every day, and it's not going to get the same response here. No, no. you know. <laughs> so uh, 
you know, for people like Canadians, for people that don't really believe in anything, we don't believe in God, don't believe in patriotism, we sure as hell believe in being offended easy as fuck. I know. <laughs> Canada is, I think Canada is almost the worst, one of the worst places for it to be offended. Like, we're... That's because we want to be so polite, and what you said was impolite. Yeah, exactly. I guess that's what it is. It's just this oversensitivity due to politeness, and but I, I don't know why jokes always became the target of of i know where i understand being sensitive to it like i from an abstract i don't actually understand being sensitive to jokes but i i just i guess i don't know why people can't just take a fucking joke and go ah that's there's no way he means those things literally but then like, again you've got guys doing rape jokes and slipping you know slipping stuff in somebody's drink jokes yeah and you have to go uh i'm sorry but uh you know raping a woman is uh not funny yeah yeah and but that's the thing is the punchline of like those jokes and i think that's an open mic problem that's an open yeah. micer problem like i've I've, ta- I've heard people saying like yeah, no rape jokes and don't talk about rape jokes and i'm like who yeah. the f- where fucking shows are you doing where you're seeing this many rape jokes yeah because there's too many mutts out there want you know they want they want to be lenny it's bruce it's a cattle call right it's yeah. you know you, all these shows that are happening in toronto now are like these shows that start at eight and go till two in the morning and they put everybody up you know throughout the night what the you're ringing the dinner bell for psychopaths and then getting mad when they're crazy like that's yeah. that's what you're bringing in quality control your show or get nut jobs if you don't want to hear rape jokes don't go to certain open mics i would say and and or you know hear the rape joke and go yeah that guy's a piece of shit or even i think i don't think i ever did a rape joke what ever. about george carlin he did this one george carlin's a master yeah, yeah. what about louis ck he's a master you yeah. guys are mutts yeah yeah you're not there you're not there that's yet that's why nobody on toronto comedy community like me because i call them mutts yeah that's a great <laughs> fucking thing to call them too that's perfect <laughs> Uh, yeah, that the Toronto Community Board. I mean, I think it's such a great resource that is being used, but also squandered at the same time because so many people are burning bridges, so many people are making themselves look like fucking idiots half the time, and it's all here. It is. It's question posed by comic I've never heard about comedy answers from comics i've never heard yeah. <laughs> and then you like one rational yeah. person makes a statement, and then you know. Well, I left the Ottawa comedy community yesterday. I, 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 it's, a, it's, you have to be private and you have to prove and be accepted. So I left voluntarily because, uh, somebody brought up a, a, a female comic that I, I like. I think she's all right, but she was asking the male comics not to introduce, uh, make a sexual thing of them when they introduce them. Please don't say I'm a female. Don't say, you know, please not all these other terrible jokes. Yes, of course. Yep. So, so I wrote, uh, uh, your next act is a very untalented, nappy headed hoe. <laughs> <laughs> and so then right away, he's like, yeah, you know, because they were so serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, star of her own one woman show. I'm not a slut. I just drink a lot. <laughs> so I just threw that one out there to amuse myself. And uh, so then somebody said, why are there so many? Then I think Dom and a couple other guys were on there. And somebody said, why are there so many Toronto comedians on here? And I responded, because I'm bored. And I thought, yeah, dude, you're really on this Facebook too long. You know, you haven't cleaned up your bedroom. You've got like six <laughs> weeks of clean laundry laying on your bed and you just kind of made a little igloo in between clean clothes that you sleep in. Yeah, I'm trying to avoid social media somewhat. I'm, I'm not doing a great job at it, no. but it's because it, it's hard and it's it's especially doing like comedy and with this podcast I'm yeah. tr- I want to keep on top of what people are yelling about so that I can talk about it but I need to start reading more books <laughs> you know like I well, need to get, you know get back plus to that I don't and- get on stage very often anymore because if I'm not getting paid, I'm not leaving the house. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm not going to an open mic, so I don't have to hear, you know, Dan Duffy's uh, new rape joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, so it's a good place for me to bounce 
stuff I've written on or ideas, or it's a great way for me to communicate with people without having to, you know, wonder if I'm going to have to use my walking stick on someone's forehead. <laughs> yeah, I can just go. I can just go watch MLB when the conversation gets a little bit too unpleasant. Yeah, or go start a fight on another page or, or see what somebody else is doing. Yeah. So you know, it's. Uh, but I mean, it replaces having a life. It very much can. Yeah, yeah. It's something you. I gotta. It's, got a really key. I try to have this rule with myself where it's like no social media for the first like hour or so. Like, are you involved day. with a woman? Yeah, 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 I have a girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, see, in the old days, I would have been going out and seeing two or three women in a week. Okay. Go meet them for a drink, bada bing, bada bam. Go see somebody else. But now, you know, I'm on the, I'm on Facebook and it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so <laughs> it's, it's somebody can even say, you know, let, in fact, there are, I have been asked out by women. Hi, let's go out. Let's let's have a meal. Let's go do this. Why don't you come over and we can do this? And I go, hey, hey, uh, <laughs> I, have to, I have to. I'm laughing now because all it took for for all these liberal homosexuals to turn against Black Lives Matter <laughs> was for their parade to be delayed by a half hour. Which is, yeah, this will be great. We can let's cap see. off on this because this is nice and local. Four hundred years <laughs> of no rights. Yeah, yeah. Opposed to a half hour of your inconvenience. Yeah. Well, they've lost people that believed in their cause, motherfucker. If half hour the wait is what caused you to no longer believe in the cause and you weren't really down yeah, with you it. didn't really believe in it anyway but what if pride went to carabana it'd be interesting yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that would be <laughs> first of all there's 45 minutes between each float anyway because they can't get this shit together yeah and you let's know. also not just say that black lives matter and carabana are the exact same you know it's the exact same situation Plus, right yes I may get in trouble for this, but it wouldn't be the first time. There is a very large homophobic uh, community within Carabana. Yeah. So yeah, if I've you, if, so if Pride try to come there and start something, move your butt in his mommy, mommy box yeah. <laughs> it could become very ugly or amusing. Depends if you're watching or if you're running. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So, but I, I, I found it. I found you know they're terrorists. Yeah. Or somebody wrote a. Uh, they should have kettled these these vicious primates. I went, oh shit, making a monkey reference. Yeah, but the smart monkey reference, Didn't right? Even call those the- apes, <laughs> call those primates, vicious primates. Uh, the like only- that gorilla y'all killed when that little white child fell in with them. Yeah, the only- <laughs> that was a black kid. Uh, the white kid that got about alleygators. Yes, the white kid was the alligator. Uh, but they didn't question his family's criminal record, though. No, no, no. They didn't say, what was he doing so close to an alligator? Yeah. Uh, well, the only thing I did though, about the Black Lives Matter thing at the Pride Parade was, like, the, the sit-in I th- it was good. Uh, it's old It's old Martin Luther King uh, Gandhi textbook. Yeah, yeah. Sit down is, is peaceful civil disobedience. Yeah, I, I think it was the list of demands that, uh, well, the only one was, like, they don't want any cops involved in the, in the parade. They don't I, want the police having a, uh, a, fo- a, float. a float. Yeah. Yeah, which, to me, I don't know if I agree with that one. In fact, I probably don't agree with that one. Yeah, you know, it's not something that I'm, like, uh, uh very like fervently against or for or whatever but it just seems like if the chief of police is going to be in the parade if the the they're going to have a float uh you know, like it's Canada. It's not America. I'm not saying that it's with perfect here. With no, the, but, but it's in still- the same time, you know, up in I don't know when it stopped if it has, but there can be um, 
police not uh, caring about uh, crimes of uh, of hate crimes against gays, mm-hmm. uh, sexual assaults against lesbians, or you know whatever things like that. The, 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 for a long time, the, the, the Toronto Police Service has just never taken these complaints or these accusations or uh, these reports of crimes serious to heart. So there's mm-hmm. some question of that. Um, I myself was not. I, I don't back that idea of no police uh, uh, parades or, or, or float. But then uh, you have people say, well, um, you know, if you've been rousted, if uh, say you're transgender uh, uh, black youth that, you know, you work in a sex trade. Well, you know, the policeman is not your friend. Mm. He rouses you. He chases you off, sometimes arrests you, tells you you shouldn't be in this alley. Uh, if you're getting beaten up, you hope he helps you. But uh, so somebody says, well, these things trigger. And I go, well, if that triggers and keep your ass at home. Because guess what? There's going to be police directing traffic. That might tr- that might trigger you. There's going to be policemen at the barricades making sure that people are just They're aren't urinating. They're going to be there yeah. no matter what. So if you get so if that triggers you, then stay or, or if the police float's going to trigger you, know it's coming and go take your bathroom break then. Yeah, yeah. At whichever bathroom you choose to use, go take your bathroom break at that one, you know? Well, so, the idea of triggering, I, I'm not, and I'm not talking about necessarily like insanely violent crimes where triggers can happen, but the thing about a trigger is it's so random when people say like oh there's you know they, they don't talk about this or don't say certain things and they're even doing it in some universities and yeah. stuff like that where they're like don't talk about this even yeah, if yeah. it's literature because oh, they cancel could, speakers all the time yeah, now because this could trigger somebody's bad experiences it's like you can't operate in a world like that and i'm not saying that when you're triggered because it's just a, an emotional response to something hear about something even a certain smell could trigger you know a certain thing that yeah. happened in your life that can happen and then you're going to have a bad time you're obviously this thing happened the real problem is the thing happened and how you're going to be yeah. able to get over it and move on with your life if your whole idea is no i'll just never think about it talk about it that's any- the whole thing of entitlement where everybody thinks the whole world has to stop because of whatever's upsetting them yeah and it's all, but it's also like a a, a thing that, that, that you know psychologists and, and therapists and things they they don't believe in avoidance in order to get over a problem. That's why it's always the afraid of heights. Go to the top of a high building. It's yeah. not, you know that's that's what gets you over the fear of heights. Now I'm not saying that like it's that easy or trying to brush over it because I I can you can sound glib in saying something like that. But like that's the world. You but glib is not necessarily bad. Not all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, um, thanks for coming, Kenny. This was thanks great. I wish you had more time, but they're going to tow my car if I have any more fun. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, we, we've been a little and, over an hour. I and think then I'll time. be yelling, fuck the police. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll report on the next uh, episode that Kenny went down to get his car. He got a ticket and he got shot. It's, <laughs> that's the sad thing. All it takes to make me into uh, a vicious black militant is to get a parking ticket. You know, that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know or to make me a, a terrible uh, xenophobe is uh, if an immigrant working a cashier uh, gets 36 cents wrong in my change. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, learn how to count before you come to this here country, you know? So <laughs> it doesn't take much to trigger me. But um, <laughs> I guess maybe some days I'm just looking to get triggered. Yeah, yeah. You well, know? It's, it's the heat. The heat well, makes everybody trigger easy. You know, well, it's, you know, a walking time bomb. You yeah. know, it's, uh, I tried to explain to people the other, the other day, this guy that, that killed the officers in Dallas, he was a walking time bomb. And, oh yeah, and I love the fact that he was uh, he was former military and did a tour in uh, Afghanistan. Uh, I think uh, so that we had military training and learned how to fire that gun. They said it was a mediocre shot, but first got him the idea that he could do it. Yeah, yeah. So as Malcolm X said, uh, the chickens have come home to roost. 
Yes. It's... And, and sometimes I have to look over my shoulder before I say that because it makes it sound like you're advocating this. Yes, yeah, but, yeah, which I obviously nobody obviously would advocate it, but it's... but it's Could have been my cousin Dougie or Corey Lloyd that got shot. No, I'm not going to advocate and any it, of this. It's just one of those things. It's like it's more so understanding that, like, if this keeps happening, if they keep... If police officers keep shooting unarmed black men, if they keep shooting even armed but, like, in open carry states, just not applying the law, that... Bad shit's going to happen. It doesn't necessarily have to be something like this uh, Dallas situation. It could be. Uh, no one would endorse or condone it. And I'm no, I know that you're not. It's I'm going to tell you a story of one of the best police shootings I ever heard of. And this is a story I got to be told at the dinner table. My dad in Chicago, we had a friend, Millard Frazier. And they, they called him the mayor of 42nd Street. They used to say on, uh, on Mother's Day, he was the busiest man on the south side of Chicago. He's a little bit of everything. Told me a story about how he, you know, he, he first time he got shot in the foot was when he was 17 and robbed a bank in Kansas City. And they caught him on the train because they followed his blood, <laughs> you know. So, uh, and then he had murdered a guy. Yeah, he had a lot of ex-wives, but one of his ex-wives had a guy that was beating her all the time. And he said, touch her again. That's the mother of my children. Teach her, touch her again. I'm going to kill you. And this guy beat him. So he killed him and then he went into this lawyer friend of ours and uh, that's how he became friends with his lawyer and said I just killed a man now how are we going to beat it and the lawyer said how could you not like a man who sits down looks mm. you in the eye and said I just killed a man <laughs> now how are you going to get me off so anyway Millard had this store called Black Beauty Boutique it was like 1968 69 black is beautiful the whole thing so it was the upscale ghetto fashions for the for the women to wear the big loop earrings and all that so his place was being burglarized all the time so he went and hired two off-duty Chicago cops to sit in there for about three, four days. And he made a big deal of letting everybody know that he just got his new inventory. And they had the trucks dropping the boxes. So they let the boxes stand outside for a little bit. You know, it was bait. Mm -hmm. So the way these uh, two guys were doing the burglaries, he had a sky roof in his store. So they were coming down, dropping through the sky roof. So these two off-duty Chicago cops, they're waiting for him. And as these two motherfuckers are coming down, they said, freeze. But since neither of them had wings and could just, you know, could, could, could just like tread air, they kept coming. And both them dudes were, were dead before they hit the ground. <laughs> and because they were Chicago police... There was nothing else questioned. They were doing a break and enter. So basically, Millard, who had been shot by the police and done his time and shot a man in cold blood and, you know, other stories I probably didn't get to hear. But uh, he basically hired <laughs> two legal assassins oh, yeah, yeah. to stop these thieves from, and there was no more stealing. You know, people even like, like would pay for something to like leave extra, like tip the cashier. Here you go, no hard feeling. You know, so there's no more of that. You know, but um, actually, there's, I'll tell you one more great story about Miller. Then I better run. My uh, when we first moved to Chicago, we were living in Montreal before I moved to Chicago. When we, my mom bought a, we we got a house in an area that was called Pill Hill because it was predominantly doctors living there. And when my mom, my mom took me to do the, to do the negotiating, but they, she didn't bring my father. Mm -hmm. And when they saw that my father is black, they didn't want us in the neighborhood. And, uh, so they, they threw a rock through our window and then they would drive around and flash lights in there. So it was New Year's Day and, uh, 
Millard came over with about six of his kids, and they all had names like Bootsy and Butter and Cookie and, and you know, just all named after food or something. Yeah, you know, yeah. what's up, Bushy boy? You know, and just, and so he put a, a portable barbecue grill up in the front lawn with snow on the ground. So, barbecuing on the front lawn, got all his ratty-ass ghetto children run up and down, throwing rocks at each other because that's how they play, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and fighting and yelling and no respect for our property line as opposed to the next property. It was all places to run. And then he put the speakers from the hi-fi in the window so that the Coltrane or the James Brown or whatever they were listening to it blast out into the community. And he said, if, they, uh, if they're going to come, they're going to come tonight. So my mother and I checked into a hotel that night. I, I remember leaving the house and my dad and Millard, there was a bottle of whiskey on the table and uh, there were two guns. So Millard had done everything to bait these fellows, <laughs> ready to ready to fucking kill them. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and say, here, Kenny, you better, you know how to shoot. Well, my father used to practice with a, you know, with a pellet gun, he was told. He says, well, I was a cadet back in Winnipeg as a, as a youth. And, <laughs> you know, so he said, well, you better cadet they asses. When they, so so, the, so I, I remember just leaving and like, there's guns on the table, you know, and, and a bottle of whiskey, which then I didn't have any idea what that's for, but that's, you know, give you that courage. Yeah, yeah. You know, but Millie Bate, and I remember Millie saying, if they come in, they come in tonight, because he did everything to make their worst dreams come true. Mm. Loud music, barbecuing, nappy-headed children running around over their front lawns, everything to agitate them. And instead, they wound up uh, buying us out, giving us more money than, you know, than we had put a down payment on it, paid for it, whatever. Then we had invested in it and we moved out. And the funny thing about that neighborhood now is it's all predominantly black. Everybody eventually has left that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So getting back to guns, all I know is that uh, uh, better to have a gun and need it than to need it not to have it. Yep. And that night, my uh, my father and Millard, they had guns and whiskey, <laughs> which is America. <laughs> yeah, that's America. Uh, all right, Kenny, thanks so much for coming down, man. It was uh, great to talk I to you about Miller's all this stuff. I because I just told everybody how he hired the police to, to <laughs> snuff out some thieves. <laughs> I don't know if our listenership will be that connected to Chicago anyway. Yeah, but Miller's, I mean, Miller's got to be 90 now. Well, that's all I need is a 90-year-old gangster <laughs> wanting me for running my mouth. Didn't your daddy say nobody likes a stool pigeon? <laughs> all right, thanks, uh, buddy. Had a ball. Thank you. Talk to you soon, man. <laughs>